podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 407 of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I'm joined by... Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello, indeed, we hope you are all well and coping with the heat, um, even though the heat will have probably dissipated by the time you listen to this. Hope, fucking hopefully, Jesus. Um Becky is not with us this week. She's uh, feeling a bit under the weather, so you've got a bit more of a old school um, bastard show today. Um, and we are going to be covering um, the Forever Purge. Um, we're going to do Fear Street, or we're going to wait until Becky's back. It feels Becky wheelhouse. Yeah, I think we'll we'll maybe do it, and then we'll let Becky do her bit okay. for it next week as well. Okay, cool. We'll talk uh, Fear Street Part 3, 1666 then. Uh, we will talk Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Um, and, oh, I'm not very well prepared. Is that it? Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah, we just talked about Twilight on the Patreon section. It, yes, yes. Uh, very nice segue. Thank you, Mark. So, I yes, we... Fucking smooth. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, we're having a bit, a bit of a rejig of the uh, patron content where um, instead of kind of chatting shit and doing the longer, uh, just longer shows of pre proper record bullshit, uh, we're trying to get the kind of like the bonus shows recorded in the same session. We'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, patrons, if you're like, actually, no, I like the other stuff, then please do let us know you know we're you know we're not absolutely not wedded to it but uh if you are a patron you'll have also already had part one of bastards get sparkly where uh mark and i just discussed uh Catherine hardwick's first uh entry in the well the first entry in the twilight series Catherine hardwick's only entry twilight um so patreon.com forward slash film bastards two dollars a month uh does very much help uh the ongoing uh, ness of the show um so uh also we are a pod syndicate podcast we are podsyndicate.com uh where you can find us and other uh podcasts such as the rewatch project chin stroker versus bunter his film her movie uh entertainment landfill uh the iron sequel um yeah there we go um i believe i believe that's it i feel bad now i believe that's it yes yeah, yep. I think so. Um, so, yes, um, let's get into some news. Um, so can has happened and I think can had a fairly surprising palm door. Yes, it, it, right down to the way that it was even revealed. Yeah. Um, excellent work, Spike Lee. Obviously, there's no fucking dress rehearsal involved in this shit whatsoever um which is incredible so uh for those who don't know spike lee basically got like there was some sort of prize that it had been translated as first um and he basically thought that meant okay i must say what the palm door is and basically said what it was before any of the other awards of the night had been 
uh, announced, but didn't do it in a way where it was like people were absolutely sure that it had one palm door. I think it was something like the first the first prize is Titan or something like Titan or whatever. Um, so then all the other awards had to happen. Then Spike Lee basically had to apologize at the end, um, which, you know, pretty big balls up. But hey, he's Spike Lee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty, uh, pretty ballsy choice. I've not seen Raw because it doesn't sound like a film I want to see. Um, I'll probably change that. I will probably force myself to watch it. But Titan sounds fucking mental. Um, and I don't know, is the kind of thing that is gonna probably help kind of legitimize extreme horror in the eyes of film critics who only consider horror if it's quote marks elevated this doesn't seem to be pretending that it's elevated it just seems to be a pretty hardcore horror film and uh yeah i'm looking forward to um I'm looking. For, I'm kind of looking forward to checking it out more. More on the strength of the filmmaking than the plot, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting. I think the French Dispatch went empty-handed. Um, that film seemed to get a very mixed reception. Of it's none more Wes Anderson, but if you're even the slightest bit not into his vibe you're not going to get on with it. So good luck, Mark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see how I fare. Like I, 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 I very much like his vibe, but like just the, 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 like the, the feel of the word coming out for it. I'm, I'm definitely trepidatious. Um, but yeah, uh, Leos Carax getting best director for Annette. Interesting. We'll see how that one goes. Um, yeah, uh, you know, Apachat Pong, We're Sifakles, Memoria got good reviews. We talked about the trailer last week, got good word coming out. I mean, generally, it seemed like people liked more than they didn't like. Um, yeah, it, 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 seemed, it, it seemed like a largely positive film festival. I mean, it, it's the first big film festival that's, you know, that's been back, like, like to a, a largely popular... popular proper 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 um, way of doing things um and it did seem to be that that people kind of enjoyed the movies a little bit more than maybe they would have done if you know it had been a normal can if that, if that makes sense yeah 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 quite um and, and i mean to be fair it was like two years of built-up films you know so um i mean i personally i I understand they wanted to get it out there and whatnot. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little sad that the likes of another round couldn't have had its go at Cannes because it, it was a selection if I remember correctly, and I think it would have done well. Um, but hey, it won the Oscar for international feature. So and t- uh, Vin- uh, not Tickler, Vinterberg got nominated. So I'm not going to comp- uh, at the Oscars. So I'm not going to complain too loudly. Um, but yeah, no, it, it seemed. It, it, it seemed, like you say, it seemed pretty positive. We'll 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 see how that actually translate when the uh, translates when the films start coming out. But um, yeah, good stuff. Um, 
Black Widow had the biggest second weekend drop off of I think any MCU film so far. It kind of always, you know, in in the framework of how it was released, that was always going to happen. It wasn't really a. I'm surprised that people were surprised about that. To be honest, my my only thing there is I do wonder if maybe piracy has started having an effect. You know, um, for sure, I think it absolutely will have. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, think, I think it's it, it, it it's it's mad to to think that it, that it, that it wouldn't to be honest. Quite, I, there is no way that, that when they've crunched the numbers for it, they haven't considered it. Um, but they might have, have underestimated it. Yeah, I don't know. It, it it'll be interesting to see how things go as the uh, as the pandemic basically continues to roll on. It's not fucking over um by a by a long chalk uh but it, but it was freedom down monday yeah yeah no i know but that, that's weird that's that people are still getting it did, did the virus not get them anymore just ever so slight tangent fucking incredible that less than 18 hours after nightclubs were allowed to reopen johnson said they were they were a risk in that from late september people were going to need to be double vaxxed but then again it also is a sign of a capitalist society where well why aren't you closing them earlier big you know well you know because if we wait a couple of months and the people go going to them would be double jabbed anyway so hey we're just going to eat that cost you know it's fucking ridiculous um but hey anyway look as long as it doesn't go so badly that they close the cinemas that's kind of where i'm at at the moment um <laughs> yeah you know, and with the cases going in the direction they are, I yeah, and the government still not doing anything to necessarily stop it. Uh, that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be interesting. They'll 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 bring face masks back. They'll probably tell people to work from home again if they can, which is still the official guidance in Wales. You know, so it's interesting. It's like England's a bit of a petri dish, but we're also a bit of an experiment for. Well, if you still have the face man, uh, face mask mandate, and if you still tell people from to work from home when they can, what happens? Yeah. You know, it's a it's a nice compare and contrast that. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So we, yeah, but we we shall see. I think if if it were to, it kind of feels like now after this like kind of second lockdown or third lockdown even, if cinemas were to close again. These distributors are in a like most of them anyway are in a pretty fuck it if it's just got to go on PVOD we'll put it on PVOD but we're not delaying shit anymore. Um, Sony are the, the basically the one outliers for that um, where they are nah we're releasing shit in cinemas um, and good luck to them. <laughs> you know I'd, I'd I'd rather that happens personally. Um, one other bit of news as well, and I might I might get a little bit ranty on this. Go on. I think you know what this is going to be, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the Blade film, which has been um, like really, really, yeah, um, it, it's been kind of like in the ether for a while. Like my Mahershala Ali was announced as the star like a while ago it, it feels like it feels like it could be anything between six months and two years ago yeah i 
I want to say it was two years ago. I, I think it was about two years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, there, there's been a bit of a hunt for a director. A director has been found. It is uh, the director of Mogul Mowgli, um, uh, Bassam Tariq, uh, which is a pretty fucking surprising. Um, Mogul Mowgli was his, um, uh, I believe, his first film, uh, or at least first feature. His first uh, feature, he'd previously done a documentary. Yeah, okay. Um, and, you know, had... You know, it did have some good word. I thought it was one of the best films of last year. Um, it's Riz Ahmed as a musician with a disability, but good. Um, and I very, very much recommend it. Um, I hope more people watch it now because of this news. Um, but, it, I, you know, film Twitter has reacted in a... I hope he doesn't get swallowed up by the MCU way. Um, and the, oh, good. I was hoping his next film would be a Blade film kind of reactions. You know, so, some excitement as well. Don't get me wrong. But um, it will only help his career. Like, I don't think any MCU director has come out of that experience and necessarily said, I now find it harder to make films. Um, I don't... Unless you're, like, Abel Ferrara or Paul Schrader, you know, you kind of want to get into that studio system whereby you can start, you know, you, you, you can... You can make a movie without it being an epic financial struggle. You know, why not? And if it turns out to be... And the thing is, there's a lot of fun visual stuff that you could do with Blade that I think that that guy can do. Not even to mention the fact that he's a, what, young Pakistani US-based director. So a great thing in diversity for um, for cinema um marvel taking you know going going for that it's a it's it's a very left field choice so why not i don't i don't get this idea of oh, oh it's almost like oh well he's like you say he's, he's sold out it's like well no it, it's kind of his job and it's a really big job to land i mean the, the, i don't know it Take away TT. Say what you want about the guy, and I, you know, I've I've got some, I've got problems with him that are probably unfounded. I don't know, but like it, it just he seem he's enjoying his success very much. Sometimes that winds me up, but also I don't know. He's an extrovert. He do he. What you know? Who am I to judge? The thing about that is is I agree with you. I think Take away TT as almost kind of fall into his own brand a little bit too much yeah 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 but i i i don't know i mean the thing is he made jojo rabbit i think he's i think he's made next goal wins it's just we're in the ether i think that's been shot already um but you know he won the oscar for best original screenplay for jojo rabbit after having done an mcu film 
you know, so this whole fucking, you know, you can't, you, you know, why, why are they making a studio film? Stop fucking assuming that they've got the same ambitions for their career that you have. Your, your perspective of them. And hey, also, in COVID times, I kind of wonder whether you're offered a safe studio gig versus an indie film that may struggle to find financing and then may not really be able to deal with the COVID measures in, in an appropriate way and then get shut down, say. I'd probably take the safe studio gig and... He fucking fought for it, apparently. Like, there were a number of filmmakers, and Marvel had them present their visions, and he won out, you which, know. And which is really quite interesting. It's that, great. That, that, that that's the way they've done it, rather than just gone, oh, he's so hot right now. Uh, which, you know, it, uh, let's be honest, uh, we both really liked uh, Morgan Mowgli, but... He isn't a he's so hot right now. He's not the name on everyone's nips. He's not Chloe Zhao when Chloe Zhao, you know, I mean, even before she got Eternals, to be honest, there. Mm. Um, but, um, or Ava Devane before she, Disney decided to go, ooh, would you like to come make a terrible children's film for us? You know, it, it, it's not that. He's clearly, he's shown them an idea, he's shown them a pitch that's, that they've gone, all right, that's fucking interesting. Let's go for that. Yeah, it just on this particular one, it seems to have really come about. It's like when Shang-Chi was announced and it was the guy directed Short Term 12. I don't remember people being fucking shitty about it. When Kate Shortland was uh, announced to direct Black Widow, don't remember being uh, people being shitty about it. You know, and it, it's then when um, what's his name? Um, when Colin Trevorrow got selected for um Jurassic, Jurassic Park, World. Jurassic, Jurassic World, World. Yeah. yeah. People were a little bit sniffy about that. I remember that. People were a little bit like, what's he done? You know, how's he going to get on with a big studio film going from that smaller movie? Yeah, I don't know. It just, it's, it's odd. It's, it's like people just have like predefined expectations for how a career is going to go. And if it doesn't go <laughs> in, the, in the way they think it's going to go, then it's what the fuck are they doing that for? You know, exactly. and, and yeah it's it's a bit sniffy if if i don't know the thing is he's he's probably going to be able to um make something of a certain if this film does well if it's received well he will be able to make something of a certain budget because he is from the director of blade or there's another avenue maybe he doesn't want to make that he wants to make big budget studio picks yeah and why the fuck not why the fuck not you know there's, there's there's directors out there who that's what they want to do they don't want to make um indie think pieces you know they want to make the big shiny things and that's that's perfectly fine and if you after you make an indie one and you get or even a few indie ones to get to the point where you make the big shiny thing then why not allow that but I don't know. It just it seems to be that no matter what, if they'd have fucking come out and gone fucking, ah, oh, this one's gonna be directed by Chris Columbus, everyone would have gone, what the fuck? What? Why is it a young, up and coming director? And it's it, it's that thing. And then when they pick young up and coming directors, it's like, oh well, you know, that's it. We're not gonna get more interest in movies from them. So like, all right, cool. You see, Morgan Morgley. Oh no, not yet. But it's my it's my list to watch. But it's not been on movie yet. 
Yeah, yeah, no, quite. Yeah, I, it, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, Marvel have a combination of studio guys, you know, like John Watts. Direct, you know, he did a couple of films beforehand. He directed the three Spider-Mans. He's doing Fantastic Four. Peyton Reed. He's doing the third Ant-Man. He did the first two. You know, like he's got like like what happened with uh, was it David Yates who did the majority of the the the, the Harry, Harry Potters Potter? and they moved on to Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's you know they fuck it. Yeah, it's made a really interesting movie with Thirty Days of Night, and then as uh, going to a studio uh, system. Do you know what? You look at that around the same time, and, and I, I might be fucking talking absolute bobbins here, but I'm fairly certain for it, it was the fifth Harry Potter movie you came on board for. Uh, so that's, David Slade did Thirty Days of Night. David Yates did um, State of Play. The... Stay- Player, that was the fucker. Um, yeah, so he came on for that, didn't he? It, it, it was it was that. Fifth one. And I'm fairly yeah, yeah. certain that it was between um, him for the fifth Harry Potter movie and Neil Marshall was circling around it. Okay, and they no, went okay. wow. with uh, um, it's Slade. And, and then, so, so, yeah, it's Slade. And it, uh, it went from there. And he, yeah, he's ticked along with those fucking movies. If you ask Neil Marshall now, would you prefer to do that? Or would you prefer to, you know, do a few episodes of Game of Thrones and movies that nobody cares about? Get involved in a sex scandal. Yeah. I don't think that's libelous. I think, like, it was, well, he was a factor in that. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, there's that, there's, you know, there's some people who will look at it and go, do you know what? I want to have a big fucking house in the fucking hills and I yeah. want to have a, you know, a comfortable career that isn't scratching around, that isn't, you know, the fucking renaissance that, for instance, I'm using it again, but that Paul Schrader's getting through now where he's for the first time in 30 years getting big stars that aren't Willem Dafoe in his movies again. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like, forgive it just to finish my point it's like you've got these guys who make these films for marvel they're perfectly happy doing it you've got like the likes of taika waititi or james gunn who's like i'm gonna make what i want for whoever the fuck like will give me give me the budget give me the green light you know um and you've got people like chloe zhao who and um uh destin daniel cretin i believe the gentleman who's doing shang chi uh, are um are are doing where they probably won't be making five Marvel films, but they'll they'll do it because they find the material interesting and it'll probably give them it's going to give them a nice payday and it will um like give them some cachet to get some other shit green there. I mean Chloe Zhao is in the in like Taika Waititi they're in the great position of going like you know I've got Oscar glory. And I'm making big studio films, you know, and it's like how I, I don't see how that kind of career of a career is a problem for people. No. And, you know, one one that's going to be very, very interesting is what movie does Ryan Coogler do after the next um, Black Panther? Mm. The next Black Panther is going to be very interesting, you know, for a, a whole raft of fucking reasons. Um, but. Coogler went from doing um, Fruitvale Station to Creed to Black Panther, um, and again, you know that he, he, nobody fucking jumps on the thing of saying that he was wrong for doing that. 
he produced Space Jam. Yeah. I'm fairly certain he's produced more than he's directed. Yeah, may may well have. Yeah, because he produced uh, Judas and the Black Messiah as well. You know, so that that that's the thing. These folks who, to an extent, have made their name with the MCU and whatnot. So it just it, it is a little bit. Let him make his fucking Blade film. Like, oh, all right. Now, then, if he gets subsumed into the system, fair enough. But also, these people aren't doing it by fucking gunpoint. Nope. You know, I, I, it's, I mean, I, I don't know. If John Watts wanted to make another down and dirty horror film, he would be able to get some a budget. He would. He'd be able to get a budget of the likes of Clown straight away, no questions asked, because he directed two of the fucking MCU Spider-Man films. Yeah, very, very well as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're decent films. But no, he's moving on to Fantastic Four, obviously because he wants to do fucking Fantastic Four. They're not going, ha ha ha, you've made three probably insanely successful MCU films, now we have you. Make our Fantastic Four. You know, no. He probably just wants to do that. Good for him. He's probably raised on 80s and 90s blockbusters. And it's like, if I can do whatever the equivalent of that is now, thank you very much. Bassam Tariq probably watched Blade in his fucking teenage years and was like, holy fucking shit. Probably quite wants to work with Mahershala Ali. Come on, Oscar winner. <laughs> What's the fucking problem? Yeah, I don't I- get it, mate. It's, the thing is, if you ask these same people, would you like to see Mahershala Ali star in a blockbuster film? Yes, I would. Do you want to see Bassam Tariq direct it? No. <laughs> fuck, no, fuck off. You can't. Yeah, I'm sorry. No. Yep. Ran over. Good luck to him. Really, really fucking like Mogul Mowgli. One of the best films I saw from LFF. If you have not seen it, do yourself a favour. It's less than an hour and a half long. It's got some fucking wacky, surreal shit in it, it which does. I, which I, I feel like bringing that to a Blade film. Yes, please. Yeah. Ooh, I have one bit of news. Mm. So, um, Clerks Three is happening. Oh, like, course, yeah. Like actually happening, actually happening. Like not like, not like all of the things that uh that that, that fucking Kevin Smith drops so he can do fifteen podcasts about it for two years. Uh, they actually start shooting next month, <laughs> and everybody's back in some guys. Um, that's that's pretty fucking cool. Um, it, for people like me who still give a shit about uh the view of universe stuff um and there's a lot of people out there who don't and it, it it's kind of it's had its time and smith's um personality over um output is as, as kind of um run people the wrong way i i really liked um clerk too it has its issues i am very aware of the fact that it has its issues but like a lot of um, of Kevin Smith stuff, once you get to the actual heart and the crux of it, and you re- and, and you remove all of the unnecessary crassness that is within that, sometimes uh, you've actually got quite a, a, a sweet movie um, that is there. So it's interesting of you've got um, 
you know, Clerks was about these guys were drifting through their early 20s. And then Clerks 2 is about these guys who are drifting through their their 30s. And now you've got Clerks 3 will be about these guys about to approach their 50s. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting. Jeff Anderson's always been the holdout. Um, And it'll be. It'll be fun to see what le- what has lured him back because it's obviously not a payday because he could have fucking made some bank doing well, clerks related shit. Yeah, I mean he he didn't want to do number two uh, yeah. and turned down um, three separate scripts for it. And it, it, he he has always said, "I'll only do, I'll only come back to the character if it makes sense and the script makes sense for it." Um, but like, he I mean they've got. Rosario Dawson's gone back to it. Um, the whole cast appears to be there. It's you, it's one of those things where I, I enjoyed um, Jay and Silent Bob um, reboot. But it did feel a little bit like a... It felt like a road movie that was almost like 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 a docu-series, almost. But, but when it was on, it was on. Yeah. Like the Holden McNeil section... That monologue he has yeah, it, is incredible, you know. And I, th- I mean, Smith does seem to have his creative juices back. Like he he show ran that new He-Man show that starts on Netflix on Friday. Yeah, and you it, know, which has got some really good some really good buzz. It's you. I I, I I think I'm kind of holding out that it 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 comes and you go and and people watch it and it's like right. That's that's another great instalment in 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 these people's lives. I enjoyed spending this time with these with these guys again. Um, and I mean, I think I'm, I'm fairly certain in, in saying this that Smith does think that Clerks Two is his best film. Yeah, I'll you know I will rewatch Clerks Two on the run up to this. I'll probably watch uh, rewatch the animated series as well, which. You know, lest we forget, Alec fucking Baldwin was a regular voice in. Yeah. Um, and has one of the greatest Transformers jokes of all time. And like the, the Clerks animated series. So just the fact that episode two of a six episode show is a clip show is absolute fucking genius. <laughs> um, have you ever seen that? A long time ago. Oh, fucking that show was funny. Like maybe I think it's awful now, but it fucking worked on me at the time. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Jason the Bob reboot, not great, but certain, not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, so, I, I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised, whilst also being a little bit like. Yeah, if someone says to me it's crap, fair enough. What I would, what I would like though, um, from Clerks Three, which I don't think we'll end up getting, is don't chuck a load of really young characters into it because you want to cast your daughter and her mates. Yeah, I know. The thing is, they can't, they can't cast Harley Quinn as Rosario Dawson and Brian O'Halloran's kid. That can't work. No, they, they they can't, but they could cast her as their kid's best mate. That, yeah, or fucking Randall's kid. Or Randall's kid, yeah. But then again, the I don't the timelines add up there because she's like in her early twenties now, and 
Randall's kid would have been like, unless it was like, or would have to be like 15 or something, like, or like less. Randall didn't know he had a kid, but then again, she'd be playing the same, she'd be playing the, what is it? But then again, she might turn up being um, Jay's kid again in it. Because it's the same universe. Yeah, I mean, if they do that, at least there's some continuity there and she wouldn't necessarily be the biggest part of it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But it feels like Kevin Smith's making this for the right reasons. Like, the dude doesn't need an, that revenue stream. Like, he's doing perfectly well. It, it, I I will say, I like the Kevin Smith now uh, of now much more than the Kevin Smith of 10 years ago. But... I fucking loved the Kevin Smith of 20 years ago. Yeah. The, the I mean, even the Kevin Smith of 10 years ago, um, the Kevin Smith of now admits that the Kevin Smith of 10 years ago was a prick. Yeah. I it, Yeah. Which, which is really annoying because Red State is quite an interesting film, but he was fucking insufferable all around that. Yeah. And it, um, it, 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 it shits the bed with the ending. Yeah, that's fair. Um. A guy has just ran by my house wearing a Toyota Tiger costume. That's pretty sweet. He must be fucking I mean, boiling. He must be very hot. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing, oh, I'm, it, it appears to be a football training thing or a rugby training thing, and I'm guessing he's lost some kind of bet. <laughs> fuck me. He needs to be careful. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Right, so let's talk some trailers because yep. holy shit, we're only in trailers. Um, oops. Um, we've had some biggies this week as well, haven't we? Like yesterday right. was. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, where to start? Uh, Malignant, the new James One. Yep. Um, Apparently, this film, like Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho, is very giallo-y. You see, I don't get that from the trailer. I get very J-horror-y. I think it's it's the colour scheme and the whole kind of, like, focus on the eye um, yeah. at the end. But um, I think, the, 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 like you said, the colour scheme, there's bits where you go, yeah, it's giallo but the whole, the, the, the bulk of the feel feels very fucking... Early noughties, J horror mm, mm. I kind of dig it. Yeah, I'm very, very up for this. It's out, at least in the US, it's out the same day as Shang-Chi. And just thinking that, you know, this whole pandemic has basically meant that in early September, the first week of September, we get a new Marvel film and the new James Wan. It's a bit like, yeah, let's fucking go. Yeah. You, you know, um, yeah, it looks it looks cracking. It looks like one up to his old tricks, but those tricks are really really fun tricks. Yeah, he is. He he literally is very good analysis. That he is a box of tricks director, but he but he knows how to do them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This one also, it just feels like it's gonna be quite nasty. Yeah, because he he can get quite gnarly with his movies. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, super exciting. It's, fuck it. And again, James Wan's like another example of what we were talking about earlier on, where it's like he is someone who, you know, you, you could say like, what's he doing making another blah, blah, blah. And, it you know, and it's like because it's what he wants to do. He bounces around all over the place. Um, you know, and I mean, to be fair, 
I wouldn't be surprised if in the long run he makes he makes more money off of his insidiouses and his conjurings than he does oh, yeah. as Aquaman. Yeah. But you he, know. he 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 did an Aquaman movie because why not? Yeah, exactly exactly. I mean it's interesting because his production company, Atomic Monster, I don't think has a handle in Aquaman. Um it certainly didn't in Fast Seven. But he produces a lot. And then he just direct he directs these things. Doesn't necessarily even fuck off after the first one. He'll do like a couple of them, um, and then maybe go. And then he's like built a brand, established the visual language, and off we go. And it's like Insidious Five. I you know the last we heard, be to be the Patrick Wilson's directorial debut. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like he just makes these really interesting franchises where interesting filmmakers come in and do their thing. Um, to be, I mean, to be fair, we'll talk about the purge later on. I think James DeMonaco's done a, a kind of a similar thing on a smaller scale. Um, but yeah, it's just like he's doing it because he wants to do it. After this, he'll make he'll make another Aquaman. You know, I mean, his relationship with Warner, they must fucking love him because he's like he's a steady hand who, after shooting Fast Seven, basically proven that he can deal with real life tragedy and still get a film out. Um, he can do low budget horror, which can then spin off into great success. And he can just make a, uh, you know, a DC film, which at the very least certainly creates its own fucking world. I mean, you know, and, it, and, and not only that, you know, he goes out there and makes, um, yeah, he, he makes Fury, Furious 7, $200 million and it grosses over a billion. Mm. But, the studio will love him just as much for making The Conjuring 2 on $40 million and it making near $400 million. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like, I fucking met, oh God, I hope the record books show just how big a deal James Wan is. And God, he, doesn't, he doesn't parade it. You know what I mean? He's, he seems like a good dude. And, the, the, you know, there's an argument to say, um, I think we've said it on the podcast before, is that he is one of the the most important filmmakers in modern horror and yeah and especially considering after saw he did death sentence and dead silence which were both just complete flops and Mm. you thought he was down and out he comes back with insidious that i swear premiered at something like sundance like and it it was almost like the the return Uh, of james was it okay it was tiff okay like the return of like James Wan, and it just becomes this massive sleeper hit, and away he goes. Insidious, the first Insidious movie. Bear in mind, like you said, Death Sentence was uh, cost twenty million dollars and made less than that, and then Insidious cost one point five million to That's make. Insane, yeah. Um, and grossed over a hundred, uh, just just shy of a hundred million. I really, I really hope like Rob Savage is able to, and I've got every single faith in the world. But like after host, you know, he's making his Blumhouse thing. He's going to make his uh, uh, film with Sam Raimi. And uh, and by the way, Rob, just a little bit of news, like posted from the mixing stage on his Blumhouse film the other day, and I basically tweeted him earlier on. It was like, when are we finding out some more about this? And he said soon. So like fingers crossed for that but it's like 
that kind of feels like you know made a small film that made a splash like saw you know and is now getting a kind of a studio backing with blumhouse and i just like i'm god i'm really fucking looking forward to seeing what he does well this is the this is the insanity of the insidious movies very quickly total budget of all the movies put together so far of all four of them 26.5 million is what all four of them have cost put together worldwide gross just shy of 540 million is that yeah i mean god that's insane and insidious Three, I think, was Lee Wan Al's directorial debut, if memory serves. I believe it was. Yes, he did that. Then upgrade, then the Invisible Man. I, I mean, that's the thing, you know. Lee Wan Al launched launch with Saw, and now he's fucking. He's, he's doing the Wolfman with Ryan Gosling now, isn't he? Insidious: The Last Key uh, was directed by uh, Adam Robertson. Fucking hell! Yeah, all right. Yeah. Great. Who will come up later on? Who will come up later on? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's um, I'm God, I'm really very, very excited about like the just the 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 way that Hollywood is kind of going with the with these kinds of up and comers and whatnot. You know, I mean, we we've said for a while on the podcast that you know that mainstream horror is in a is in a pretty fucking good place yeah really good place you know and yeah i mean it can it continues on doesn't it it really does um uh so yeah malignant yeah yeah let's let's go let's Let's go go. oh yeah um so um, we have got the last duel yeah so ridley scott's first film uh of the year um Weirdly, I, th- I think, yeah, I think this is the longest gap Ridley Scott has ever had between films. Yeah. T- <laughs> I'm fairly certain that that is true. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. I mean, I'm sure it is. But, um, so, yeah, this is, um, I mean, the writing credits are insane. So, yeah. and I noticed on the postcode, uh, the, the postcode, the poster, the use of ampersands, which I think is really interesting here. So, Nicole Holofcener. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, all ampersand. What that means for for those who don't know is if it's an ampersand, it means that they basically work together. If it's an A-N-D, then it means they work separately. So I thought that Holofcener worked on a draft and Ben Affleck and Matt Damon worked on a draft, but apparently it seems like they're all basically sharing credit for like the overall like the, the I, thing. I, yeah, I think it was I think it was it, it was it, it became collaborative, apparently. Which I mean, that that's 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 fascinating. I I, I think Nicole Olofsson is uh, fantastic. I really I I really do like her work. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon writing together, brilliant. The cast is great. This trailer makes it look like it's going to be a fucking two and a half hour slog. You see, Becky said exactly the same thing. You feeling differently? Yeah, I think that's fucking brilliant. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, and and usually this kind of stuff doesn't click with me. Yeah, I'm um, surprised. But yeah, I, I think it looks fantastic. I, I I'm really really intrigued by the idea of it. Um, what I what I will say is, Ridley, do not ever. This this just goes for all filmmakers. You cannot give 
Ben Affleck blonde hair because the minute you do, you make him look like King of the Frat Boys, even if you're set in medieval times. Don't make me laugh. I saw somebody on Twitter saying earlier on, like a picture of him in the trailer saying, you cannot cast Ben Affleck in a period picture because he always looks like he knows what a mobile phone is. Yeah, he, it is true. <laughs> he, he does. And, and yeah, it, it's spot on true. But yeah, I I, I, I really, really like, like the, the look of this. Um, but you're right. It is going to be two and a half hours long. Uh, there is going to be a director's cut released 18 months after it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, I'm, and it, it, it's probably going to get nominated for a raft of awards that it will not win. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it it definitely looks like that. Um, sorry, just Noel just sent us in the chat. Um, like so. Vin Diesel made comments about um, how he didn't, you know, how he didn't think uh, Dwayne Johnson was like a good actor and he kind of had to like carry him through the fast films. Um, Quote from the Hollywood Reporter. When asked about Diesel's comments, Johnson says, I laughed and I laughed hard. I think everyone had a laugh at that and I'll leave it at that and that I've wished them well. I wish them well on Fast 9. And I wish them the best of luck on Fast 10 and Fast 11 and the rest of the Fast and Furious films they do that will be without me. Emily Blunt can't resist extending the moment. Just thank God he was there, she says of Diesel. Thank God he carried you through that. Fellini-esque, Johnson says. Hmm. No love lost there, is there? Feels a little bit... Feels a little bit nasty, that. Uh, to be fair, Diesel was being pre- pretty passy-aggy about Dwayne Johnson. No, more more blunt getting fucking involved in that. Which at least shows that she and Dwayne Johnson probably get on quite well. Yeah. Which is something. Fucking love money and self-promotion. Um, oh, shit. Okay. Um yeah, no, last last year. Yeah, I mean, oh God, God knows I'll watch it. You know, I'm de- I'm definitely definitely up for it. it. Just this, the 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 trailer just made it seem like it's gonna really really try to be very very worthy and maybe a story that would have had some more impact ten fifteen years ago. But it's a trailer. Yeah, it's I, a trailer. I, 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 I I'm I'm up for it. It's not the one that I am most up for of what we watched this week, but. Um... But it's um, certainly, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Indeed. Um, vacation Friends? Is yeah. That... So, this came along out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. John Cena and Lil Rel Howery making a comedy together where John Cena just plays some high on life, likes going out and having fun guy he meets on vacation and then Lil Rel Howery regrets it. Yeah, yeah. Sign me up. Yep. Um, it just looks fun. One mildly depressing thing. I was thinking, like, when I saw the 20th Century logo at the start, I was like, fucking hell. Like, a comedy in a cinema. Yeah. Haven't had them any of them lately. That's that's great. And at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Hulu original. There's that thing where it goes, Hulu original, and you go, oh, do you know what? I was looking forward to going and watching 
that on unlimited screening on like a Tuesday. Yeah. 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 That was really, really gutting to to see that. Um, Hulu original in the US, it'll probably be on Star over here. Um, and that's a shame. Yeah, because it, it, it looks it looks like it looks like an awful lot of fun. It does. It does. And you you imagine with those those two, it wasn't originally supposed to be a streaming original. No, no, especially not with with the fact that Cena could have a, a really good year this year. Yeah, no, I mean that, but that's it though, isn't it? It's like Cena, like and he just he looks like he's really going for it as well, and it's a different comedic styling to the Suicide Squad. Yeah, and a different and a, a different comedic styling to um, something they did like with Playing with Fire, which I really enjoyed. It's, it's a fun kids movie. Yeah, um, and yeah, it, he's John Cena is very good at comedy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you know, it, it really is. You know, it, it, it's also this is, but again, it's more similar to something like Blockers, but his character is very different to the character that he was in in Blockers. And Blockers again is a very funny film. Yeah, it's clo- closer to the Ike Berenholtz character in uh in yeah. Blockers with this, to be fair. Um, yeah, this looks good. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, did you watch one, the one for um Naked Singularity? No, what? <laughs> John Boyega. Right. Olivia Cook, Bill yeah. Skarsgård, Ed Skerrin, Tim Blake Nelson um, in a, a movie where uh, John Boyega plays a mild-mannered uh, public defender who essentially, um, whilst uh, defending Olivia Cook for something, gets embroiled in a... Um, a drug scam. <laughs> what? Yeah. So at the start of it, oh, Bill Skarsgård's in it as well. Um, at the start of it, the trailer makes it look a little bit like it's going to be this serious kind of like courtroom drama about this young public defender who who is trying to you know break the system and show off the injustice in it. And then by the end of it, fucking John Boyega and, uh, and Bill Skarsgård are wearing um, fucking like. Uh, masks but not like mask stuff you know like um military style fucking gas masks and Boyega's got a fucking samurai sword hell yeah who's this directed by anyone we yeah. know Chase Palmer fucking no idea all, all right, right. It's all debut but it's produced by Ridley Scott uh all right so Chase Palmer is probably like a commercial director getting his first or a TV director getting his first feature then cool yeah um it's 93 minutes long and it's out um, on VOD uh, in like literally a couple of weeks and it looks like a lot of fucking fun. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And wow. also very good to see um, Ed, um, screen back and stuff because I, I, I just like that guy's energy on screen. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That sounds fun. Yep. Um, I think I think I've only got one more. I think oh, I've only got one more. No, hang on. The new dis another Disney f- film. Um, and Encanto. Saw it. Didn't watch the trailer for it. Um, looks too colourful. Yeah, I mean, uh, song. Uh, it's either written by all the songs are written by Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Um, 
yeah, it looks all right. You know, we'll see how it goes. It, it looks very, very for kids, but that's fine because it's a yeah. kids film. Fuck it, why not? Let's have like a kids film that isn't about existential crises for a while. Yeah, quite, quite. Um, so one more then. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jackass Forever, the film I don't think anyone thought they needed until the trailer came out. Yeah, and then it felt like a stupid hug um, that literally, as it stops hugging you, punches you in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a trailer that at one point made me laugh so hard, I had to pause the trailer and rewind it because I'd missed a good minute in tears of laughter. Is it the bit where he cycles into the thing? The Roadrunner bit killed yeah. me. It okay. fucking properly killed me. I think it's part of it is, is the fact that the, the voiceover that's going on at the time is Chris Pontius saying about, you know, oh, if you're wondering what these guys, you know, when they're in the 20s are up to now when they're nearly 50, well, you know, let's see if they've grown up. And then he hits the fucking thing at that moment. And you just go... Do you know what? You, you, you're going to be watching it more through your through the, 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 your hands going, oh my God, no, than you were for any of the previous ones because you're aware of the fact that they're now a lot older. <laughs> I fucking love that bit where I think it's Steve-O is like, you know, a concussion is fine if you're under 50 years old and Knoxville's 49, so he'll be he'll be okay. <laughs> and it just cuts to the fucking bull properly fucking wiping him it's out. Fucking great. Um, uh, the, the thing is, it's. I, I read a really good piece in um, the New Yorker, or maybe in GQ actually, um, a big interview um, with with Johnny Knoxville, um, and they were basically, you know, what what what's the reason for coming back? And he was like. Everyone keeps thinking it's money, and it's not. You know, we're all actually all right for money because we made a a lot going off there. Mm. It was just because we went, do you know what? We're not done with this, but we kind of need to be after this. It was either we do it now or we're never going to be able to do it because it is dangerous in your 50s and it's still dangerous in your late 40s but it's not quite as dangerous as in your 50s um and it was it was kind of cool that he was going just saying you know i I didn't just do this shit just because it was i can hurt myself and people will give me money for it you know my what how i count myself isn't as a an actor or a writer or anything like that i'm a daredevil it's what i do and it, it felt kind of like quite all right. So this isn't just because you're all fucking down on your luck and you all need the fucking paycheck. It is fuck it. Let's do it. Why not? It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, that's that's the vibe you get as well. They just all seem like they really are looking forward. I, I, I just enjoying the, 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 the time together. You know, it's like with the. I don't know when this was shot. I'm assuming this was shot pre-pandemic. Most of it was a little bit being shot um, towards the middle of last year. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. It's getting that vibe of just getting together with people you haven't seen for a long time and just kind of almost like regressing, but in a perfectly okay way, like quite well. You know, it's like you and I and Jordan Noel are due to meet up in a couple of weeks and, and Mike virtually. You know, and it it's like I've got a feeling that's going to be a very immature weekend. <laughs> yeah. You know, but... but but it 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 almost is like it kind of should be because why not? <laughs> that 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 that's the thing, you know. It, it's like and especially, you know, it'd have been nearly two years since we we actually all seen each other, which feels like one off, if not the longest gap that maybe we've ever not seen each other for since since we kind of like first met. Yeah, and it's I, yeah. I'd have to have to think about that. Maybe not Jord, but I think you, me, and Noel all together. Yeah, it, it, it literally is a once or twice a year thing for the majority of it, like, it, the, past, it, the past decade. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, exactly. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I get that that kind of vibe. And, yeah, just really, really looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be big as well. It is. It's going to be It's going to be huge. The, the fucking the look on that on what's his name's face when that fucking when he with a pile of honey on his head and then the fucking salmon in his lap and a bear comes in (laughs) fucking hell i mean because this is the thing you're gonna get like uh you know people like teenagers now we want to see this shit but also people who are teenagers then who want to see this shit and it's like god i'm looking forward to watching the first three before this csvp combat Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. <laughs> so join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? The Mulberry Boys, every Friday night. On the show, you better know they keep it tight. ETL is back and the J-Strim's in the zone. Introduce the co-host, he doesn't do it alone. PCZ is about to hold court. You know he's on the headset, you can hear him snort. Pop culture movies, TV shows and games. Rotten Tomatoes reviews news and Blu-rays. Foggy don't play around, he will bust a drop fast. Welcome to the Entertainment Landfill Podcast. The Jason and Steven Show. It's the Jason and Steven Show. What? what? The Jason and Steven Show. It's the Jason and Steven Show.
Um, so I think we were done with trailers anyway. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we are back. If Mark sounds any different slash worse, um, he's had a power cut and he's hot spotting <laughs> from his mobile to his laptop. <laughs> yep. Uh, which is a hell of a thing. Um, heat related, do we think, or? Uh, I don't know. We got a text off our off our uh, power company saying that essentially, basically saying we don't know what's caused this, but it'll take us about an hour and a half to sort it out. <laughs> That's a thing, isn't it? Like ETAs when you don't know what the problem is. Like we get that at work every now and then when there's an IT problem, and they're like. Uh, we, we think this will be up by like one o'clock and it's like yeah but if you don't know what the problem is how are you basing that <laughs> yeah like yeah anyway um right so we better get going because i don't know what mark's phone's battery is like that's a good point <laughs> what's your phone battery on mark mine's not too bad but we're actually hot spotting off becky's because She's got a shitload of excessive data for some reason. Okay. What's She's Becky's also terrible on? at charging her phone. What is she on? Like, I'm wondering if we need to base the show on what your battery's like. I'm asking her now. But Becky's takes forever to respond to anything because okay. she's one of those people who in spite of having a phone and an apple watch that tells her what is it she still never responds to anything so she's typing she's typing could be she's on 38 percent right okay should be fine right oh, yeah. okay the forever purge is directed by everardo valerio gout and stars anna de la Reguera, uh levan rambin josh lucas tenoch huerta uh, huerta Cassidy Freeman and Will Patton and this is the fifth film in the Purge franchise uh, which sees uh, after the prequel the first Purge we are back to the kind of like the linear timeline Uh, there is another Purge but the Purge happens none of the main characters die but then hey the alarm sound, the purge is over, but it's not over because this is a forever purge. And now the right right wing has taken over from the right wing um, in a political allegory, which is, you know, thankfully this was delayed by the pandemic. And this time last year would have been incredibly disturbing. And now feels like it's a maybe a little bit off what could happen but who knows Hmm. mark i was surprised as shit to see will Patton in this i was surprised to see josh lucas in this how about you i mean josh lucas josh lucas for me less so because he has that kind of grin that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, within this. Um, a nice touch with what they did, I think, with um, with his character. In the sense that for the, the opening portion of the movie, or the, 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 the kind of like, the, not even the first act, but the setup uh, within the, the first act, 
makes you think that he's going to end up being one of the the bad guys. Um, mm. And and then it doesn't. It has a you know even to the point where you have the Will Patton thing of you know I tried to raise him right and I tried to raise him as a as a proper um, to understand American values. But I think he misunderstood what I put out there as American values. And then you get the bit later on with him having the conversation, um, you know, with uh, what's his name, Juan. Um, and he basically comes out and he's like, you know, and says quite, you know, quite simply, I, I, I'm nothing against Mexicans or basically anybody. And then just has that weirdness of going, I just think people should stick with their own, which is kind of like you watch it going, all right, so he's he's not a bad dude, but it, okay, but he's got this this weirdness that even you can see that he even thinks, I'm as he's saying it. Yeah, I sound fucking stupid saying this, but ah, <laughs> and there's almost that to it. Um, a phrase that you used to describe it when we were chatting about it um, on, on on text message. It is a sledgehammer on a walnut, but I I do think that that is what we kind of need nowadays mm-hmm. when the entire world, uh, you know, I mean, especially I think in this country um, and actually, yeah, in America as well, uh, when, you know, what was happening with the American political system and even what's happening right now with the American political system with the, the extreme Republican rights um, are basically trying to be anti-vaxxers in spite of the fact that they too does the vaccine <laughs> um and then you've just got the shit show that's going on with us at the moment um it, it feels like satire is dead if you were to if you were to write the first three days of this week uh, down as a movie script people would go people won't believe that <laughs> it sounds too out there and it, it isn't it's just life now um, the for the purge feels like it, it it's it's not a million miles away from what fucking could happen. Oh, you still there? Yeah, still yeah. there. Yeah, no, it's um that that yeah, I mean that that's exactly it. It's the, the almost like the absurdity of this where the um uh, uh what the naff what is it the the new, new fathers found, of america the, the new founding at uh, the nffa the new founding fathers of america that's it yeah 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 the fact that they are like you know constrained because of like society like because of the constraints of politics in society that they can't go as far as they want or even though then again it's i suppose there's a question of is it want because you know I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it now but i mean like, i i watched the first purge for the first time last week and um, that makes um, pretty i watched it i watched it and i'd already seen it yeah so okay well let, let's kind of tie this in then so that film makes it quite clear that it's not necessarily not necessarily that the new founding fathers want to just like kill indiscriminately like every single thing that isn't white. No, it, it, 
it's it's social cleansing yeah 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 exactly so which is incredibly like it is incredibly far right i'm not it's awful i'm not i'm not trying to say it's anything good but the fact that the forever purge basically goes yeah but what if you had people who like watched all that shit on the news every day and soaked all that shit up on social media and whatnot and like were were basically given like almost given the green light like trump in that fucking um debate where it was like what would you say to the proud boys and it was like what was it stand back and stand ready or something like that and it's you know that having that kind of tone but i mean with the purge the new founding fathers of america it's not even that it's not as fucking blatant as that and then with the forever purge it's suddenly they find themselves in trouble from people who have swallowed all their stuff even if they don't necessarily believe in everything like you know that they've set up the purge in a way where it's like the the one night to purge whether you're uh, black or white you know hispanic chinese whoever you may be you know it's you can purge yourself but then this is what is going to happen it's a means to an end these people are reading it as like white pride you know and and and, but in the real world donald trump is basically going white pride yeah you know so it's that's the thing like now this feels like a bit of a holy shit i can kind of enjoy this again because it feels like we've maybe not exactly done a 180 but we've turned the corner from what that was um and i i thought it was it's really both these films first purge and forever purge are really really effective socially aware genre filmmaking that if the john carpenter of the se- the 70s was in his 20s early 30s now would be making and yeah, absolutely yeah i at, at this point i mean like i i would like to rewatch the first purge uh, but like people do generally say the first one still doesn't hold up that well it's not a very good film but then they do get more interesting these two are really really interesting films i think probably deserve more respect than they're getting yeah i mean uh, the thing is I, I didn't like the first Purge um, movie. I, I, I didn't rewatch them all. I rewatched uh, Election Year and um, the first Purge. Mm. Um, I, and I thought that um, Election Year was crap. Um, it, it, it's too, it's too out there. Um, it, the fact that it, it feels a bit too cartoonish. Um, whereas the um the first purge and forever purge feel quite they feel they feel more connected i think than than the other three movies um they feel like they've got um a little bit more to say and they're sure. saying it in the in the right way um purge actually just does it just does feel a little bit too cartoony uh the the, the um purge anarchy which i believe is the second one it, it yeah. is a brilliant john carpenter movie um in a similar way to i think like the forever purge is a it is very carpenter-esque uh as as well uh there's i think the 
the, 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 the first purge feels very much um, like I said a, a, a very good sort of social commentary and and, and how uh, things are manipulated um, around to the to the whim of whoever. Whereas the Forever Purge does feel it has a a thing of we've got control of this, we've got control of this, and it's what happens if you don't have control of it. Um, yeah. and and that's that's what happens with the the whole the forever purginess of it all. But then <laughs> as it starts to spread out, you start to realize, oh, this isn't a pocket. This is this is big. And this is the thing. It's like imagine if the sixth of January went the way that Trump obviously hoped it would. Mm. Like. What would have actually, you know, what would have happened? Like, because it would have been these Trump supporters, you know, basically fucking hanging anyone who didn't look like them or anyone who dared kind of get in their way. And and, and then what would happen? You know, it, it's the world, if any, I mean, the world would, I, I would like to think, would unite against that just in a either that or there would literally be a world war um but this gives a almost like a taste of what what could happen there and it's like another one would be fucking fascinating because it would be like how do you get the genie back in the bottle you know would it be the nffa admitting fuck me we've done the wrong thing here or would they lean into it well, i mean the thing is they're they're already attacking it again aren't they so that'll be the interesting thing you know and if we do get a, another purge movie which i you know you'd think that you will um uh, da, 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 yeah it's done about 50 million six, worldwide uh, so apparently um the purge, yeah, the, the, there is going to be another one uh, with Grillo's character coming back in into it. I, it. It does kind of feel like they they probably do need to close it off if they're going to do another one. Like they they've definitely got my interest, but how the fuck do they do like do this now? Well, that that that's it. It it, it, it it's going to be War of the Purge or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um. And it, it's really interesting the way that it's it the way that it pans out, and you've essentially got basically America on fire. Um, yeah. And the whole, you know, the migrants having to escape via the tunnels that they got into in via out of of, of America, um, and then it, America essentially being cut off to eat itself is it, it, really quite interesting. It, it's a it, it's an interesting it's an interesting view and this it manages to set up what, what what could be a really interesting sequel without ever constantly trying to set up a sequel yeah. um you know you, you this could feel like um like like the last of these movies except it it's it it, it is that well constructed and that well done and it felt it it felt cinematic at points it's a good looking movie it's a well constructed movie um and it zips along at a really really nice pace yeah yeah it does i mean like to be fair i think the, fir- the, the first purge does as well you know and it's like i thought the 
the Marissa Tomei character in that was fucking fascinating because she is like, this is a social experiment. And I like the whole idea that the inventor of the purge basically didn't invent it for the for the for the way it was taken. You know, yeah. like that that that's that's a really interesting idea. And that whole kind of almost like hopeful thing at the start where it's like, well, people just aren't doing it and they literally have to manipulate it into happening. But that just then kind of like unleashes like the, the 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 like I say the genie in the bottle. Yeah, well it's it's, it's, it, it's the, the it even down to the from the purge of it being the you know this idea was constructed and it was it was about the um, essentially the old witch which old rich white men being able to control the population effectively, mm. um, and then what happens? if the younger poor white men turn on the old rich white men and that's what starts happening yeah it's the well you're all right in your ivory towers but we're not so we want your fucking ivory tower now and yeah i mean that that's i just again with trump it's like how far would that have got like because i i feel like trump would just lean into it Oh, fuck it, yeah, he'd be fucking loving it. He's still trying to lean into it now. Mm, mm. It's it's the unfortunateness of what happens if you elect a fucking racist. Yeah, yeah. Even though, yeah, I, I, who, who knows what's going to happen. Thankfully, we've probably got a couple of years and so we actually need to start taking that shit seriously. But um, I, I, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to be a thing that anyone's going to need to actually fucking tangibly worry about, to be honest. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it'll be in enough. He slash the people around him will be in enough legal trouble that, and also just the fact that enough people did actually vote against him. Yeah, you know. So, but anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a really interesting film. I think it's it's well acted. It's it's tense. Um, like you say, it, it's set. The whole setting up a sequel without necessarily having to set, do a sequel. You could end it on, well done, Purges. America's now eating itself. Bye bye. That's the purge. You know, but it, 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 but yeah, at the same time, you could, you could have another one easily. I, yeah, I, it definitely not shit. It's oh, definitely not shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, our audience poll. Well, our audience poll is. Definitely not shit, 38%. Uh, Touching cloth, 13%. Shit, 38%. And Geostorm, 11%. That's all over the place. Yeah. It's all over the place. Um, Yeah, I I think it's a very good genre pick. Yeah, agree. Um, Okay, let's talk... Fear Street Part 3, 1666, which is directed by Lee Janiak and again stars um, uh, Julia Rewald, Kiana Madeira, Sadie Sink, Olivia Scott Welch, Emily Rudd, the magnificent Fred Heckinger and uh, Benjamin Flores Jr., um, and so this is the conclusion of the Fear Street Netflix trilogy. And so we get into the um, 
the kind of the origins of the witch Sarah Fear. We go back to 1666 and see where her curse started. And uh, yeah, Mark. So it's been an interesting three week experiment. This. Um, do you think the part was better than the whole, or do you think you can't judge the part? And that you actually just need to judge the whole uh, after watching it all. No, I think you can judge the parts, to be honest. Mm. Um, I I do think that they... Maybe um, 1666 less so than 1994 and 1978. Because because this within itself is a two-part movie. Um, So I think that the third one, you have to have seen the first... I don't necessarily think you have to have even really seen the second. Um, but I think the first two can stand up to themselves on, the, on, on their own. Um, but they do they do make more sense as a, a as a collection. But it doesn't feel I was worried that having them every week like that and with the way that this goes, I was worried that it finished and I'd go, right, what I've essentially just watched is three episodes of a mini series and I, do, I don't think that i think i think i've watched two films and something that is a film that could be called a mini series um it, it, within this one but then the the cut of it going from um 1666 to oof, 1994 part two um was quite nice it was quite fun it was quite playful within it um i, I the bit I could have done without in uh, in number two and number three, so in 78 and, um, and 66, is the um, is the previously on. That made it feel TV. Mm. Um, so I, that that could have been I think that could have been dealt with better. But it's when you do any sort of trilogy or anything like that. You know, your third part is is always really important because you've got to stick the landing. Um, and I really do think this does stick the landing. The um, all spoilers all the time, as we always are. Uh, the twist that she isn't actually a fucking witch is brilliant. <laughs> yep. Um, it, it's throwing you back in '94. Um, works works really well with the way that that's done but the 1666 bits um work really well in and of themselves it feels they don't go um too um oldie worldy with the language which can sometimes make it feel a little bit too jarring um the the fact that they make them all irish settlers was, was quite amusing uh, seeing the various degrees of which one of them can do the best irish accent uh, work quite well um the the whole vibe of it and the feel of it um in the sense that you get this um you get all the three of them um more so this one and the first one um this quite empowering queer story works really well for me uh without it ever feeling like it's like it's pushing it too hard uh, if that makes sense, could have done with more Fred. I think we'll all agree on that. Um, but yeah, a really, 
a really fun twist on the the kind of on a, on a witch story in the fact that there's no witch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I thought that was um, so it was interesting how it developed there, where it was like she's saying they want a witch, I'm going to give her a uh, give them a witch, and like thinking that it was going to be like, oh shit, it's like woman scorned. Yeah. But then, oh no, actually no, it is the like fragile ego of the 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 white male making a like basically creating a whole thing to make a woman look bad to like disguise his own failings you know it's on the like on the outside looking in that does feel a little bit obvious given where where we are at in society and i i think that is it's a story worth telling and i'm glad that they did it in a kind of a surprising way you know, using the the idea of a witch and whatnot, and um, uh, twisting that and subverting it worked well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I, I liked the the 1994 part two thing as well. I thought it was a little bit odd that suddenly that one guy from the first one becomes quite a major component of the end. The uh, the security guard dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, I liked him, but that was a little bit. But we weren't exactly following him in the first or the second one. So why are we suddenly following him now? Yeah, um, he, he, like you say, he does become a big, a big bit in it um, for no reason. <laughs> Other than yeah, he might have been available. Yeah, yeah quite. And it, but I mean, he's he's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's just you know we've spent two previous films kind of with these characters or at least caring about these characters now here's this guy um but yeah no i mean it, 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 I, I think it's hide itself um uh, up really well you know um it it told th- their story again another like quite oh my kind of queer like almost sex scene at a at, at point, which again I think would be quite interesting for kids of a teen of teenage age, whether boys or girls, quite frankly. Yeah. You know, like again, good for them. Didn't, didn't feel didn't feel leery like um no. like what's it the French film um with Blues the, the Warmest Colour. Blues the Warmest Colour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that that does feel like it feels like right, give people enough time to get a boner jerk off clean up and then watch the rest of the movie yeah quite quite um but no yeah it's uh, and it, it, but and again it's you know that whole kind of thing on twitter like maybe a month or two ago where it was just like how sex scenes aren't meaningful for films it's like yeah. that i mean it's not like full-blown sex scene they're just kind of like getting to it but that i don't know it is 100 just a fucking exhortation of and release of what those characters had been kind of obviously building up um in in both of the films even though with the the third one i think you have the benefit of oh okay so we're transposing those characters from the first one onto this one and it kind of does a lot of the heavy lifting but i think i think it works um yeah i it's it, yeah, it's they're, they're they're a good time. Um, I'm I can't say I, I'm I'm like necessarily blown away by any of them. Don't get me wrong, but oh. I, I I think they're a very very solid time that I'm glad were films and not a mini series. Yeah, 
Um, because partially because I, 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 if this had come out and it was a three-part mini-series for it, it probably wouldn't have watched them. But I did because they're movies, and I know that that sounds fucking stupid. And I, and, I, and trust me, I do understand that that is stupid. And my weird little thing with TV is a little bit stupid. But I enjoyed sitting down and watching three horror movies back to back each Friday or each Saturday night with my Saturday night fakeaway. Um, like that, I wouldn't have watched them if they were episodic. If they were 45 minutes and it was a six-parter, I wouldn't have watched it. No, I mean, the only way you get me to watch a Netflix series at the moment is if it, the episodes are 15 or 16 minutes long and you can watch the entirety of season one and two in about three, three and a half hours. Thank you very much. I think you should leave. Um, so, no, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, 100% get it. I mean, t- t- to be honest... If we didn't do this show, I'd probably watch more TV because I'm watching films to talk about on the show. So, you know, but it's a larger point. Um, I very, very, yeah, no, I like this. I think it worked well. I think it will work really well for, um, uh, well, better for its probably intended audience. And, uh, yeah, I uh, definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely not shit. Um, if they came out and said we're going to do another three uh, Fear Street movies um, next year, I'd be yeah, I'm up for watching those definitely. Yeah. Uh, our audience poll was eighty six percent definitely not shit and fourteen percent shit. Oh, okay. Shit feels harsh, but okay. Okay. Yeah. Um okay, shall we do some what we've been watching? How are you doing for time? I'm doing all right, and I but I only have one what I've been watching. Oh, okay, fine. Do it. Uh I only watched Deadpool. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, how'd that go? Because um well, it was because we'd, me and Bexley and I had one of those days on yesterday, I believe it was. Uh, you know, just one of those days where everything had kind of gone wrong. And so we needed something to just go, right. No, it wasn't yesterday. It was, it was Monday. Uh, we had one of those days Monday. We went out last night. Um, and, yeah, so we needed we needed something to just just give us a little bit of, of, of pep. And we couldn't work anything, couldn't work out what we're going to watch. And Bex said, do you fancy me watching Deadpool? I say, like, yeah, actually I do. It's been a while. Uh, last time I watched Deadpool was just before the, the sequel came out. So it's been like a good sort of three, four years now since I watched it. Um, thought, give it a go. See if it still holds up. Um, it does still hold up. It's still really quite funny. It's still really quite charming. Um, it's... It, 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 odd you can see how it caught the attention and ended up making you know an insane amount of money um but you could also see um how it was a little bit like like they are going they will at some point make a third but they might not make a third if that makes sense there might be a point where it just goes do you know what maybe Maybe there's been too long since that it doesn't make sense anymore. And that it's just a character that is fun and is there 
and maybe it only ever it only ever needed the two movies um that is that is there um but he's <coughs> the the kind of thrown together nature of it makes sense it doesn't have any grandiose or um sort of scale to it it very much is he just wants to get this guy back <laughs> and that is fun it's it's Reynolds having an awful lot of fun with the character and just taking the fucking pits and it feels it feels like they've gone right we've got this shot let's fucking take it and then it it, it just about manages to land enough of it it's an awful lot of fun and it remains an awful lot of fun and I think it's one of those movies where if you watched it once a year the fun would run out but if you watch it every three to five years the fun will stay there very cool what have you been watching bud uh so okay. Be- becky on this section has watched fucking loads <laughs> so, uh. so, so she'd have been filling this section like a motherfucker whereas i for no reason have kind of not watched a lot this past week so we already talked about the first purge and i watched space jam but we're going to save that for next week um I've only got one as well. Go on. Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Fucking hell. Go on. How has this held up? Can we just say the 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 crying game S bit? And we all know that hasn't held up very well. How has so, the other bits held up? Right. The thing is about that. So much of the third act is about that. I forgot how much because. You know, obviously, I remember the he discovers that Sean Young is a man, and then it's the whole I kissed a guy, and then it's like him like cleaning his teeth and his tongue and uh, setting fire to his clothes and stuff. I only remembered that. Yeah. But there's a like there's a sequence at the end where he's basically trying to convince like a bunch of like police that she's a guy, even though. And, and that he wasn't responsible, even though Dan Marino is tied up and could ha- easily say, yeah, she kidnapped me. He tried to save me. She's the wrong one. <laughs> doesn't say anything. Instead, Ace is like pulling her hair. Nothing. Um, like gra- uh, grabs her boobs. Nothing. Um, like goes for a crotch. Nothing. And then Dan Marino points out something. And then Ace Ventura is just like, she's got the worst case of hemorrhoids you've ever seen. <laughs> and it's like tucked in dick and balls. And then everyone's throwing up. And like the dolphin looks like it's retching. Yeah. And there's... Isn't there a horse as well that does it as well? <laughs> uh, I don't remember in that bit. I don't know, maybe. But... um. Earlier on, there's a bit where Ace is looking to, like, he's basically tracking a load of ex-players of the Miami Dolphins to look at their Super Bowl ring and see if it's got a part missing. And there's a bit where he's in a toilet at a a cubicle next to another guy. And he looks over at the other guy. And the other guy looks at him and starts smiling and then motions towards Ace. Ace walks off and then he does this, like, fucking almost, like, prancing kind of sorry yeah it's a prance yeah Yeah. not great 
also the uh, woman at the start who pays him by giving him a blowjob. I mean, to be fair, it's not like he asks for it. No, it's not. But it's just, it's amusing that that, in a movie that is so stupidly aimed at young adolescent, and I'm guessing most of the young adolescent males, that that is such a prevalent scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, but I mean, like, in terms of how it's aged, I'm kind of all right with that, because it's, it's not, it's not like he comes on to her. She's just like, well, you know, he's like, well, you know, where's where's the reward and whatnot? She's like, here's your reward. And it's like, yeah, all right, fair enough. You know, um, the thing is about this, I mean, obviously it was an incredible period of time for Jim Carrey where he had this in The Mask and Dumb and Dumber in like really, really quick succession. I think and all within a year. It, it, within a year. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. And the thing is, to have the confidence to do the stupid fucking shit that he is constantly doing in this and just be like, this is funny. Yeah. Like he is never not moving about, you know, like every single fucking thing that he says is basically like a pun or a joke of some sort. Um, and I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It's, it has aged poorly, but a lot of films have. You know, I mean, it, 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 and it's, it's one of those things where it's, uh, no, it, 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 the, the transphobia is really not, and just for how fucking out there and prevalent it is in that third act, it, it's rough. It's, it's, it is, it's rough. Um, but, I don't know. It's a sign that society's maybe moving in the right direction. That now this is like, holy fucking shit, that's rough. Yeah. I wouldn't say everybody involved in Ace Ventura and Pet Detective should be cancelled because it's what the mood of the moment was. You know, yeah. it, it 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 is. And I mean, even Jim Carrey has come out and acknowledged and gone, yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. good, that is it. <laughs> no, I mean that that yeah no, that that that's exactly it. That I I don't I, hate it. it. He he said of it, you know, when he was he, he asked about it, and he he just said, to be honest, didn't think about it. He said and that that he said and that is the problem is it's wrong that we didn't think about it. He said, but yeah. I could. I'm not going to defend it. Um. And I am going to apologise about it, but it is. Do I still look fondly on that movie? I kind of do, and it's that thing. Do I still look fondly on on Ace Ventura? I loved Ace Ventura. Would I would I watch it now? Will I go? Okay, but it still has a lot of funny lines in it like that's none of your damn business um and just the ridiculousness of it launching jim carrey and it is a fucking stupid character but it works yeah yeah it does it, it i mean it does um 
I, it's it's not a great film, but I still enjoy it for the most part. But I'm 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 not going to lie and say that that the 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 more troubling aspects bounced off of me because that they are rough. Oh, you still there? I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay, let's get on to the uh, the last review of the evening. So this is Escape Room Tournament of Champions again, directed by Adam Robital. And uh, starring uh, Taylor Russell, Holland Roden, Isabel Furman, Logan Miller, India Moore and Carlito Olivero. And uh, yeah, this kind of it continues on from the first film. Uh, Zoe, played by Taylor Russell, is still basically trying to prove that uh, the Minos Corporation are evil fuckers and they've been making these escape rooms. Uh, she and a uh, fellow survivor from the first, Ben, played by Logan Miller, um, find themselves uh, soon in a another escape room where uh, this time they are in with a bunch of people who had done it before and had survived. Um, there we go, I suppose, actually. Yeah, so, uh, Mark, obviously, uh, we talked about the first film last week. The first film ends on quite a grand conspiracy kind of way. Were you surprised when the plane in this one turned up when it did? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I was a little bit. Um, I, you figured that the plane in this one uh, is going to be the opening sequence and that's what's going to drop them into a skate room tournament of champions. Um but then when the ending of the first movie is also the ending of the second movie, <laughs> feels yeah. a little bit, yeah, odd, really. An odd choice. Um, it's, I mean, I'm guessing, you know, I mean, I'm guessing we're going to get a third of these now, I would think. Mm. Um and I'm guessing that my, my hope then is that the plane must be the start of the next movie. <laughs> well, you'd fucking think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, but I like the fact that it, it, it does very, very quickly. You know, it's a short movie, um, but it gets its its bits done and it drops you very, very quickly into the action. You know, within within 10 minutes... You're into the action. You're into the escape room, um, and it, it's it's quite clever the way it, it it puts you into that where you realise, oh, all right, okay, they've been essentially they've not arrived on that train by accident. They've all been manipulated onto it. That's pretty fucking cool. Um, and then it gets it gets gnarly quite quickly. Um, there's no, there's no build up to them having a big conversation about, oh, you were in this and for that. Th th those conversations happen as the film goes along, um, but it's very quickly, you know, again assumed that, that Zoe is is very good at this. But I like the fact that they're all good at it from the, the get go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree with that. It's um. 
I had I still had a, a a lot of fun with this one. I I hope that the next one maybe advances. Yeah, yeah, advances the overarching plot more. Yeah. Um, it was disappointing that it felt like the setup at the end of the first one is basically just what they then do in the end of the second one. It's like, why do you have all that stuff in the middle then? Um, but it was like you get the you get these hints though, like just the fact that the whole the sheer how they get them onto that train subway car in the first place. And that, you know, it's kind of like this escape room is also kind of directly affecting the real world. Um, I, you know, it'd be it'd be good to have more of that and how Minos are basically almost like the fucking puppet masters. Um, and it was a shame that, you know, the, just the whole kind of like rich people watching them and like betting on who's going to survive thing wasn't really played up in this one. But I thought the rooms were good. Um, it, it, uh, you know, I thought it surprisingly harsh, like that first guy who dies, where it's like basically the only bit of character you get from him is he told his wife he wouldn't be late for his birthday and he's always late uh, for yeah. her birthday and he's always late. And then he's dead. Yeah. And, you he, know, he, like, he gets a lot of he gets a lot to do in that first room that you don't think he's going to be the one that dies and then he he is and it, it does off with him quite quick yeah yeah exactly you know just the, the idea that there's a room where no one dies you know mm. i mean like somebody nearly does but but they don't you know they do mix things up there um but yeah yeah it's I, th- I think i liked it a little bit less than the first because the first at least felt like this one felt a little bit weirdly like it was treading water um, and more in service of a third one than the first was in service to the second. Like, and, it, it, you know, the first one just sets up this grand conspiracy. And I don't necessarily feel like this one pays off on it in a satisfying way. No, this one almost feels like a crap third instalment of a series rather than a, a very solid second instalment of a series. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, so my initial reaction, I was I was, I was, was really, really positive on it. But the more I think about it, it's... No, you're right. It does ever so slightly feel like a different director came on. They kind of lost the thread of what made the initial one or ones interesting. Um well, but it, it, it is one of those films where when you're watching it, it really, really works. Yeah, you do yeah, in the moment again, it really does. And, you know, the the first one, none of them were, were arseholes apart from maybe the, the Wall Street guy. But in this, none of them are arseholes. They're all quite nice. They all yeah, have, you know, there's not, there's not one, they're all trying to help each other. There's not... One of them who's like, no, fuck you guys. It's me. You know, I can do this on better on my own. There's none of that. It's all right. How do we work together? Oh, this, this is the thing because they've all obviously learned that lesson from being in it the first time. You know, so you don't you don't necessarily go through that arc again, which is which is interesting. You know, I, it, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it definitely had its moments though. Like the the acid rain escape room is really intense and that ending is fucking horrible but that's the thing that ending is like 
I really, really want them to get revenge on whoever the fuck is behind this. Yeah. And then you you do get that whole thing towards the end where it is like, yes, okay, it does feel a bit too easy. Mm. Yeah. You know. You, you were, as a viewer, you watch it going, that, that, that felt well easy. The police have what? Just arrested them? No. Come on. And, but, I mean, and again, that that's the thing. It's like, but then it's like, OK, so somehow they've basically fabricated everything within that police station. Now they've essentially sub sub sabotaged an international flight. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like you watch it going, 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 what are they? Actors? No, they flight. can't be actors. They are all actors that have parachutes. That's a lot. No. Right. How does this work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, exactly. Uh, and I almost get the feeling like they don't know. But they're going to try and figure it out before they have to shoot the next one. Yeah, there is you'd a little have, bit of that. You'd have more clues in this one. The fact that you don't get like the like in the first one was it like the the puzzle maker or something? The guy turns up at the end and strangles yeah. the dude. The puzzle maker, it, yeah. Yeah, at least you got someone there who was a, like a representative of Minos. In this one, you don't. No, but he even references that. Yeah. Because it's almost like he wasn't supposed to survive. It was supposed to be like they're almost picking the winners. Like Zoe was supposed to win. Yes. But then what's the name? Doesn't die. And then you've got the whole if you didn't see it, it didn't happen element to it. Yeah. It's it, it, it's fascinating because if a, if a number three comes out, I will fucking watch the shit out of it because they're a good time to have. It's one of those films where if this was. If this was 15 minutes longer, it would be probably, look, they shit the bed on this one. But it's tight enough and it's fun enough and it's enjoyable enough while you're watching it that you can get away from the fact that you're going, right, this is just a slightly turned up. It's not even a turn up to 11 version of the first. It's a, if the first is seven, this is seven and a half. (laughs) Yeah. Version of the first. But... They're fun characters to spend time with, and the puzzles are fun. It is, it is like a slightly less nasty version of the Saw movies. Yeah, it's a PG thirteen Saw. So. It is, yeah. It it's a PG thirteen for people who re- for, it's a it, it's a Saw movies for people who really like the Final Destination movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, I, 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 that's what they are. And if we get a new one of these every. 18 months that is you know that is punchy enough that while you're watching it is really fucking entertaining and then when you start to think about afterwards you go but then again (laughs) then i'm actually fine with that because horror serials like that that work like that um the reason why they they have longevity and why you get six or seven of them is because when you're watching them you're enjoying them and then you think about that afterwards and go, yeah, but this didn't fucking work or anything like that. But then by the time you get round to the next one coming out, you only remember the fun bits. <laughs> yeah, 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 quite. Sorry, the dog just burst in. To me, you want to see it again. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, sorry, the dog just burst in, sniffed the fan and then fucked off again. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Doing. Right. Um... Yeah, yeah, no, I, I absolutely. I like if we get Escape Room Free, Escape Town, like I suggested last week, that'd be great. Yeah, 
Yeah, and then, and then they're wandering around going, right, who's in on this and who's not? Who's escaping? Who's I, stuck here? And do they know that they're stuck here? Is this a Truman show? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I, I I was slightly surprised that that one girl who turned out to be like the kind of the second female lead wasn't in on it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of had a sense that I don't know. It was almost like she wasn't kind of trying as hard as the others or something like that. Um, and I mean, like just that whole bit where there was two escapes. Mm. And then it was just like, well, that other girl's just going to like run into the same room anyway like what what was that that felt like something got deleted it it it, it feels like they've just kind of fucked with you a little bit (laughs) yeah i don't know because i mean there's the whole like oh you think they've escaped but then literally like a minute or two later it's like no they haven't and she just comes back in anyway yeah (laughs) so is, is it just like even where is it to make her think even when i think i've outsmarted them I haven't outsmarted them. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I, I think I, it's, them just, it's, it's them pointing the signs to a, a another way out and then going, oh, guess what? You're fucking still there. Dick yeah. 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 I, I, it, yeah. yeah definitely, definitely not shit. I enjoy it, but it wasn't quite the almost like bolt of lightning that the first one was. Yeah. Definitely not shit. But like you say, it's probably it's probably not as good as the first, but it still would would easily give me it still would easily make me watch a sec a third. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Okay, cool. So, questions. We have one question. Um, from Rick Kid at Rick J Kid. Oh. What is your drink of choice in the cinema? It's Iron Brew for me. Do your Taylor drinks the type of film you watch, e.g. beer for a genre fic, soft drink for something more earnest? It's interesting, that. Kind of depends on if I'm driving or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like if I... Hypothetically, you're not driving. Yeah, I mean, if I'm not driving, I'll probably just take in like a four-pack of X beer. Not, not to every film, though, because that really does make me sound like an alcoholic. But, um, like, Cats... I took a four pack of IPA in forever purge. I took a four pack of IPA in, but I took a Pepsi max into space jam, you know? So I don't know. It kind of depends on the situation and it depends on the film. Like I will not be taking beer in for the French dispatch, you know, um, old. I'm not going to be taking beers in for that suicide squad. Yeah, actually, I'm going out drinking beforehand and then the people I'm drinking with are coming to the cinema and we've already said we're going to bring beers in. So in that case, yes, I will. Yeah, I'm the other side of this in the sense that um, I I don't actually drink while I'm watching movies um, in the sense that I I, I don't take a beer into movies um, at at all um, for that. I, I very, very rarely have a drink while I'm watching a movie. I'm, I am, I am terrible um, for the idea of an unlimited card that, oh, well, they come to the cinema and they'll buy a drink and they'll buy some snacks and that's where you make our money. No, I walk straight past all that shit and sit down. Um, I think I have um, bought... I've, I've had one film um, that we... I think which one was it 
a random horror movie that me and Bex went to see, and I can't remember what it was. Um, we took some, we, we got beers while we were there because we'd already been drinking earlier in the day. Um, and so we were quite drunk when we went in uh, to Cineworld. And the other time when I bought a drink was I bought a coffee when I went to see Playing With Fire. Um, but I am also, part of this is because I am painfully aware of the fact that uh, I have a tiny bladder. So um, I don't want to need to go and pee during a movie. Um, so yeah, that that is a large portion of why I don't drink. I also don't drink for four hours before I go to see a movie, just in case I need to pee. <laughs> so I am I am terrible. And if it's a film that I'm really, 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 really looking forward to, even if I'm seeing it at nine o'clock at night, I won't have a drink at all for twelve hours before, which I'm aware is quite dangerous but I don't want to risk it. I prefer to be painfully not needing to pee rather than that offshoot chance that I might need to pee during the movie. It's such... Man, there's some playing with fire with you with this, isn't there? Bless you. It is, yeah. It, it, it's yeah. terrible. It, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a weird fucking thing in my head that I'm there. Um, and part of it is because I don't want to repeat... I don't want, I don't want to miss part of the movie. Um... And I don't want a repeat of the the infamous um, Everest incident. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. Thank you as ever, Rick. Nice one, bud. Um, yes. Okay. So um, coming up on next week's show, it's uh, Mark's favourite. M Night Shyamalan is back with another pandemic filmed banger. Yeah. There's been an awful lot on Twitter of people going, of people like defending M. Night Shyamalan and saying, you know, oh, what a great filmmaker he is. And, you know, people should, you know, is this the, the, the film that, that gets him back in there? And, and I just keep looking at it thinking, or is he just shit? I mean, apparently there's some wild shit in this one. They say that about every single one and then you watch them and go, oh, that was a horrific disappointment. Uh, the, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I remain ambivalent. Um, the trailer. I really, really hope it's good. And I remember that it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. The, the concept weirds me the fuck out. Like, it just like the idea of aging unnaturally. You know, and seeing your kid turn into a young woman, turn into a pregnant woman, turn into a mother or something like that. You know, just it's a but in a quick span of time that that very, very discombobulates me. So I have a feeling that old is going to have more of an effect on me than it is on you guys. But we'll see. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I could I could definitely see that because it's, it's more of a. It's less of a thing for me mentally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we'll also be catching up on Space Jam, A New Legacy. Uh, I've seen it. Mark was unable to get to it. So uh, we will do that next week. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think that'll be it in terms of main reviews. But we'll have Becky's thoughts on Fear Street Part 3, obviously catching up on what she's been watching and whatnot. So um, yeah. Um, so patreon.com forward slash film bastards, as I said earlier on. Uh, currently scheduled to record the die another day tra- uh, commentary with uh, Andrew this weekend, so uh, hopefully uh, we'll we'll be able to make the stars align on that. Um, and so you've got that, you've got the bastards get sparkly, two dollars a month would mean a lot. 
uh, patreon.com forward slash film bastards we are pod syndicate.com for all those podcasts and uh on that i think i'm gonna let mark eat and i'm gonna get out of this room good night thanks very much for listening goodbye folks this podcast is part of the pod syndicate family for more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.